Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again today. You know, Nick, I'm telling you, this is such a great honor and a privilege to be able to speak to the gentleman we're about to speak. You know, you bought a book for me. It's a daily motivational for athletes, 365, and you know, you read one a day. You know, I've been tempted to read more because yeah. I get I get so much out of that one, but uh, you know, you share something on Instagram. He shared it. He reshared it on his story. You guys connected, and less than twelve hours, we're sitting down doing a podcast with him. So I'm so thankful and honored to be able to speak to this guy. Yeah. So so this guy, you know, once you you hear his name, if you don't recognize his name, you know, when you see his face, you're gonna be like, oh, that's the guy. You know, late late twenty one. Um, he's he was a strength and conditioning coach at uh, Georgia Tech, and he had a quote that just absolutely went viral. Uh, he was talking to his team, and, and the quote was, you know, lazy people do a little work and think they should be winning, but winners work as hard as possible and still worry if they're being lazy. If you're a winner, you aren't comfortable. Absolutely blew up, you know. And, you know, a lot of times in today's society, you know, especially with social media, you know, everybody's chasing for that instant gratification. When you hear this guy talk, this was 10, 12-plus years of failures leading to successes. And he didn't just go, you know, have success overnight, man. He was built for what he's doing now and built in the future. But um, coach, again, thank you for jumping on with us, man. Um, talk to us about what you're doing right now. And uh, then we're going to get into some meat. Um, as we were talking earlier, man, we, we were just going back and forth. I was like, man, we need to start recording this podcast because this, how this, this is how this guy's wired, man. He he's, he's legit. He's a stud. Um, winners win at whatever they do, but coach, thank you for jumping on with us today. No, thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. And, um, yeah, all that's true. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, he just succeeded his whole life or, oh man, look at this guy. He's winning the whole time. How, how inspiring. Like I used to look up to the most talented people, the guys that seemed like they were above and beyond successful. And, but now I, I realize, like, I, I really admire the people that are the most disciplined after they have a setback and just come back even stronger. Like, like I, I've been thrown to the wolves several times in this profession that I'm in. And I keep coming back. Like it's only the beginning. And cause that's my mindset. It's not like, uh, you can't, you can't like just kill me. Like I'm, I'm built to last because of how hard I train and how hard I, I have faith and, and just believe in what I'm doing. And it's not like, uh, oh, um, there's just another guy talking. Look, I do every player's workout before they do them. I believe in what I'm doing. I, I love coaching them because I feel everything they're going through. Um, the, the messages that everyone sees on Instagram, those are great. I didn't post most of them. Um, and you know what? For the first five years of being a head coach, there were no cameras on any messages I gave. Like Georgia Tech was the first one that ever did it. And I, I just believe that's how you should coach. I believe that's how you should be a leader. And just be a real person to these kids and, and don't – you're not perfect. And they need to know – they need to know you're there for them. And they need to know how you failed before you came back. You know, you said something. Uh, I was listening to one of your podcasts uh, you did a little over a year ago. It was with Andy Frisella. And – um Go check it out. Absolutely amazing. I, I sent you a message this morning. It's my fifth time listening to it. And, and I always catch something that I missed before. But you said something about, you know, instruct with words, but model it. 
talk about why you do those 4.30 a.m. workouts that you d- design for your team before your team does it. There's a lot of reasons why I do it, but like since the day I got done playing football, I knew I wasn't playing anymore. The day after, though, I got in that weight room and I started sprinting and I started lifting like I was playing the next week. And I've never stopped. It, it's like I always, I'm always feeling like I'm training for, you know, the ability to just go play out there. I'm always sprinting. I'm always lifting hard. I'm always doing all this stuff. And I, it's just, it's honestly just who I am. I really just, if I wasn't in this field, I'd still be doing that because that's how I feel a full heart. And that's how I feel like I'm reaching my own potential. But since I am doing this, you know, I'll be done with my workout at like 6 a.m. The kids will come in at 7, and then I'll coach three groups in a row with that same lift. And it just it just makes me feel genuine when I have to speak to them later and a message from my heart that, you know, I don't think you'll have as much ears as you think if you're not leading by example before you speak. I always tell the guys, I'm like, look, you don't have to lead by example. Just don't expect anyone to listen to you when you talk. Yeah. You know, I don't know if a lot of people realize, you know, I kind of got turned on to it probably, I don't know, time flies. It was four, five, six years ago. Um, you know, I'm a big Georgia fan and, and hearing about, you know, Cochran, you know, with the poss- when he was at Alabama, with the possibility of him coming at Georgia. But I was talking with my good friend, Matt Napier, this morning. His brother is, is Billy, the head coach at Florida. And he was telling me, he said, Nick, you know, the strength and conditioning coach is arguably one of the most important coaches on staff at a high-profile program because you spend more time with those players than any other coach on the staff. Talk about how important it is, you know, number one, for you to have a relationship and also how important it is for what you do on a daily basis because you have those kids all year. I mean, you have holidays here and there, but you have those kids more than than the other than their position coach does. Yeah, and you know, this year more than ever, probably. Um, like people realize, like you got to use a hundred percent psychology on almost all these kids that are going through stuff on a daily basis. Like it's a different episode every day, and the reason I interview every kid I coach before I coach them so I can get a pulse on what they've been through in their life and why they're here and all this stuff about them. And then, um, then I have an idea of like when their body language changes, what might be going through their mind. Like, well, think about where it came from. Like, think about what's going on at home right now. Like, don't just be so quick to judge a kid that you might not think is like into your program when you don't know anything about. And, you know, you could get really caught that way where you're judging, you're judging, you're judging. And then you find out what he's been thinking they feel terrible and I'm not, not going to do that. So I try to find out the most I can about the kids. And then from there, look like life is happening every day to these kids and there's so much going on. And some of these kids stories are so inspiring. I don't know how they're here, but they are, but then, you know, life doesn't stop at home when they're here. So they got a lot going on. They got a lot of pressure on them. And then certainly, you know, going through right now where there's 60 guys that just got, told that they're not the starters, you know, and they're probably not going to travel. That's hard to hear. That's really hard to hear. You've just worked for the entire year, just like everyone else. So that's where I come in and I sit down with them one-on-one and I tell them how I went through it. I tell them how the wrong mindsets that I had and the right mindsets that I had. 
And I just try to guide them through this, this chapter that they're in and, and make it realize that it's not a period. It's only a comma. Coach, talk about, um, you know, when you, you get athletes, you know, high caliber athletes, you know, they're the best on their high school team. And then all of a sudden they show up where you're at and it's like, they look around and everybody's the best. Talk about how building that relationship and building that trust with them to where, you know, it's like you're really looking for someone who's got toughness. Like you don't really like, yes, you care about the strength, but you're more focusing on getting him mentally tough and mentally prepared just as much as you are for the physical part of the game. If, if these kids don't buy into hard work, toughness, resilience, competitiveness, discipline, if they don't buy into those words early on, it's going to be a long road for them because every time you see a kid, big, big recruit, big guy, you know, I'm the man, they all come in the same way. How, you know, they don't expect to compete as hard as they're going to have to compete. And that's very humbling. And they need it. And they need it bad because that's life. You get out in the real world, there's not one person that really cares if you get fired. And there's not one person waiting to hand you stuff uh, as, the, as the second you need it. So I always make sure they appreciate where they're at. And I always make sure they appreciate the resources around them that are just here for, to help them. And if they don't take advantage of that, that's their own fault. But the reality of their situation is they're told they're the best the entire life till 18. And they come to college and meet someone like me telling them that you better earn your spot. You better wake up earlier than the, than the rest of them and get here to take care of your body. You better stay after and do extra work more than what's required of you. You better be a good teammate. Like, cause if you aren't, you have no shot. And that's hard here because they think it's just about talent. The farthest thing from it at the next level. And then, you know, I try to preach to these guys all the time about you think it's going to be any easier at the next level. Like, they all want it, but when they see what it takes, they kind of shy away. So it's all learning process, but they do have to get humbled real quick. You know, you say that with so con so much conviction about, you know, you know, no one's going to care. You know, I heard you say uh, on, on a podcast, you know, you go from get fired, get fired to National Strength Coach of the Year. Talk about, you know, how self-development, having the right mindset allowed you to persevere through those times instead of giving up, right? You probably had options to, to, to maybe get out of the industry, maybe do something else, but you kept going, boom, quote unquote, maybe you, you maybe felt like you got, you failed again, but you just kept going and then boom, you get national strength coach of the year. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of all, really all of that is out of my control, except my own belief. And it's, it's the point of, when I, when I was an intern in South Florida and just getting started, I knew I wanted to do this. And I knew it's what I wanted to do. It wasn't like, oh, if it doesn't work out, I'll just try this. It wasn't that. It was only that. And that's that was my mind. That was my whole future in my head. So I did whatever it took. And I moved across the country the following summer, worked for free at Virginia. And then I got an opportunity in Mississippi State to be a GA. I don't even know how I got my master's. I worked so hard that... I forgot I went to school and I have to have the degree in my office to remind me that I got that. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, move and get a low, low paid assistant job. And then you go back and you get kind of a medium paid assistant job. And then you get a higher paid assistant job. And then you get your first head job. 
all your dreams are there. Everything's waiting for you for your first head opportunity. And I was so excited. 11 months later, let go and win enough games. Head coach was fired after game five. Like, it was it was such a crazy experience, but that experience alone helped me to the next stop where I got another head job. But two years later, I was let go. We didn't win enough games. The following year, man, I was breaking my family's heart, moving everywhere and trying my best to not, but you can't control it. Following year, we figured, let's try it again. And that, that was like the Buffalo season was more of a, like I had so much revenge in my heart to get back at people that I felt like just never gave me a chance or never even listened to people that called them about me or whatever. And it's not their fault. Like, everyone has their own guy. But I was so hurt by that. So I just poured even more positivity and tried to make a difference in kids' lives at Buffalo. And sure enough, it clicked. I did nothing different. I tried nothing that I never did before. And I just believed. And me and those kids clicked. And the coaches were great. And it just worked. We broke every record. And um, think great things happened. But it wouldn't have happened if I just gave up. It wouldn't have happened if I stopped. Uh, believing in myself when people stopped believing in me. It wouldn't have happened if um, negative opinions shut my life down. Like, I'm not willing to listen to that. I got way too much skin in the game. And I do know that I'm trying so hard to just help these kids. And how can that be wrong? Like, I know I belong in this place, so I just I, I need to find the right spot. Coach, you talk about chasing winning, and I've heard you talk about how, you know, winning owes you nothing. Like, you need to chase winning because if you're not chasing winning, you'll guarantee that you'll lose. So, if you had you not chased that dream and gave up, you wouldn't be and have the success you have. But you also attribute – you made a mention about your family a minute ago. How important is it having a supporting spouse that believes in your dream with you and you guys are going in the same direction together as a family, having them by your side? Like, she doesn't go on podcasts. She doesn't get to meet – a hundred new guys every other year. She doesn't, you know, have to, um, you know, she doesn't get all those perks. She gets a new school district. She raises the kids. She does all the dirty work that no one sees. She's everything. Like if without her, this whole thing gets shut down right away. And I don't know how she does it. I really don't. And man, it's not easy. Uh, this, this whole thing is not pretty. It's not for everyone, but She's been with me since that first internship at USF, and she believes in me too. You know, she, I, she, she knows that there's a spot that I should have out there as well, and forever thankful for that. Forever thankful for her and all she does. I just, I don't know how she does it, and without her, this thing it, it doesn't happen. And I also say to my son and daughters, like, I'm not going to be much of an example to them if I keep giving up on stuff that shuts me down. Or I, I had a little adversity and I'm, you know, not willing to bounce back from it. Like, I can't tell them anything. It was genuine advice if I never got through it on my own. That's good, dude. I, I heard heard this a while back, Coach, that the most important decision, you know, I, I know you're a believer and, and we are as well. To me, that's the most important decision. But the most important decision outside of that in life is the partner that you choose to do life with. Um, because, as you know, shit's going to happen. Storms are going to come, you know, it, it's, it's not easy. It ain't like when you were dating, you know, um, you have to go through those struggles together, but, um, you do something with your team 
and and I was going to ask you, you know, what do you do different than other strength and conditioning programs do? I love the interview. You get to know your guys on a personal level because, you know, when when I coach, I coach my boys' uh, travel ball team for the last five years. The only way I know how to coach is hard, right? My I have an all or nothing type personality. If I love you, I love you. If I like you, I like you. I'm all in with you. I don't wear my emotion. I wear my emotions on my shoulders. So you know where you stand with me. But it's so important to have a relationship with somebody so you can coach them hard. The person that calls me out the most in my life is my wife. She'll never do it publicly, right? But she calls me out privately. Um, talk about why those relationships are so important when you're coaching a kid. Because like you said, you know, you never know what somebody's dealing with on a daily basis, what they dealt with when they went home over the course of the break. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times where you'll be in a group and, you know, you'll see a kid miss his time or not touch the line or all this stuff that, you know, he stands out in the group in a negative way. Well, you got two options there. You could really make a scene and embarrass that kid and publicly humiliate him and make him feel like crap in front of his teammates because he's not holding his end. Or you wait and you... (laughs) Wait, you, you may you might punish the team for for miss him missing a time, but you don't call him out. And then you sit down with him after. And those sit downs are everything. Those sit downs make the biggest change in kids that you'll ever know. But at the same time, it only changes if they respect you. And you got to do a lot to earn their respect. It's not just going to happen. It's not just going to happen overnight. Yeah, you can interview a kid, but still, like, why is he trust me? It's how you are daily to those kids. Do you treat them like your own kids? Do you, are you fair? Are you understanding? Are you willing to work with them? And then you're tough on them. Like that's, that's the order it has to be in. It can't be like hard on them, hard on them. Uh, do it my way. Get the hell out of here. Oh, wait, let me get to know you. Like it's backwards. So I always try to just earn their respect first by being a very consistent leader uh, being very positive with their life. And then, you know, if something, something goes bad, I try not to humiliate them. I try not to call them out and I bring them in one-on-one and that seems to work the best. That's good. You know, there, there's a book out. Um, I don't know if you've got it. If you hadn't, I highly recommend it. Ben Newman wrote it. It's called the standard. And, you know, Ed Milet talks about, you know, we all have goals in our life. We have dreams. We have goals. You know, you may not always hit your goal but you can always hit your standards, your, your way of doing things. And the example that he gave was, you know, when Jalen Hurts was at Alabama, you know, they beat our beloved Bulldogs in the national championship. You know, they were struggling. They couldn't move the ball on Georgia's defense. They put in this guy named Tua, you know, and all of a sudden they start moving the ball, you know, in the second half. They end up beating Georgia for the national championship. Fast forward to, you know, the, the, the spring and the summer, and, and they have a competition. Now, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Well, Tua wins, and and so Jalen's the number two guy. So about four or five games in the season, Jalen lets everybody know that he is going to finish out his year at Bama, but he's going to you know transfer when the season's over. But there was a time, Coach, early on in an early morning workout where a freshman showed up late to the workout, and you know the the coach, you know they 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 punished the team, like and that's what made me think about it. You talk about they punished the team, but when. All of it was over with. Jalen Hurts, who had already 
decided, hey, I'm leaving this team. I'm going somewhere else next year. He went over there and canceled that young freshman. He sewed into that young freshman. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's the mold that he's cut from. Talk about why you are who you are. Who uh, you know? Talk about your father. You know, I heard you talk about you know how he was with you in your life. And other than your father, who are some of your mentors along the way that have helped mold you and sew into you to be the person that you are today? I mean, my mom and dad. I mean, they were everything growing up. Like I. I wasn't the best kid growing up. I caused a lot of problems. I was, I got into a lot of trouble, but it wasn't because of them. They, they did everything right. Raising me. Like they were like, I was scared to go home after curfew. Cause I knew my mom would be waiting up for me. Um, I would try to call my brother who's at home already. Who's younger than me. I'm like, Hey, is she up? He's like, yeah, dude, you're screwed. I'm like, damn. <laughs> and, um, but you know, if it wasn't for that fear, if it wasn't for that discipline that they, held me to, I would not be talking to you guys today. No way. Um, but my dad, my mom, I, I have such a good foundation under me for them to just be a good parent. And then my wife's parents, you know, I've known them half my life now and they are just saints that are just givers. They give and they give and they don't expect anything in return. And that's taught me so much on how to just be a good person. So the parent base that I have is very, very strong. And I'm very thankful for that. And then mentors in football, I mean, it's, it's endless. I mean, high school coach was number one difference maker in my life. Just kept me out of so many situations. And I truly respected him and what he thought of me. So I never wanted to let him down. And then, you know, college, my, I had a bad experience at first. And then I transferred and then, uh, had a, another experience at another college that was completely positive. So all these strength coaches that I got to work under growing up, I mean, I just looked up, to, I idolized them. You know, I, I thought that that was what I wanted to do one day because those guys, I just respected them so much. I always wanted to do a great job for them. I always wanted to help them the most I could. I never wanted them to think I was lazy. I wanted to work like I was a one-day contract, honestly. And and then I knew one day that would pay off. You know, Coach, I love that you said you earn the respect. You don't demand the respect from the players. Like, you, you realize that, hey, I got to earn it first. And uh, you do a thing with your players called, I think you call it the hunger board, where you put them in three different classifications and creating separation. I think you call it satisfied. You're either satisfied, you're you're hungry, or you're starving. Talk about the different degrees in separation and how you classify and you, you try to move one kid to the next bucket by inspiring them. And at the end of the day, they're either going to move or they're going to get uncomfortable and they're going to leave, right? Yeah, that's the best board there is. I mean, you can't to start out with a culture that you really have to get to understand what it's going to take for them to be successful. It's not easy. But that board, you know, it's, it's hard to rank, but it's, it's, it's honest. And it's, it's brutally honest because those kids are delusional and they think they're doing all this work. Meanwhile, we'll see it a different way. So then the tough conversations have to happen. So every week after a week goes by, we judge the whole team alphabetically down the roster and we place them in a category. How you getting satisfied is like, you know, you might be late. You don't care. You miss your weight goals. Um, you're not helping anyone. You're satisfied with where you're at. If you're, if you're hungry, 
you're going to do everything we ask, but probably no more. Just kind of be average. Like you're, you're good, man. But like, I don't know if we can win with you. Like you're, you're good. You're not great. Now starving is like the guys that we can't get out of here. They're always doing extra. They're always bringing the most out of other people. They can't get enough. They, you win with those guys. They are the difference makers in your program. Most likely the leaders, hardest workers, um, best leaders by example that exist. So, you know, we make a big deal out of that at first, and I think it helps everywhere I've been. It's what they do in the dark, and that's one thing you always talked about, especially, like, with your wife, is, like, some of your best work you do in the dark. You do it when nobody's there showing up for the workout, where you're doing the workout before them, where you're at, you know, the 50-yard line praying. You're running stadium, uh, you know, runs and everything. And so the people that are starving are the ones that do that extra work when the eyes aren't on them, when the camera's not on them. And it's like, I'm doing this work because I want to internally get better versus I'm doing it for show right now. I'm doing it for the gram. I'm doing it for my coach, right? Those are the type of players, like you said, you can win with. Yes, and I, those are the people I relate to. Well, they, so I, it's so funny. My staff always makes fun of me. I'm like, uh, we got a backwards schedule right now where we're practicing at night to beat the heat. So, like, we don't have to come in at, like, 4 a.m., which is very weird to me. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, guys, I guess because I got a couple guys on staff that like to work out with me now. So I'm like, uh, I guess we'll work out at noon. And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, I hate running when it's light out. I don't know what's wrong with me. But like the more I think about it, I I need that time in the dark. I that, That's like that's like my sacred time to, to build confidence, to build what I am inside, to build these thoughts, this book that you have, like that's where it was built. It was, it was all what nobody saw for years. And it was all my thoughts of just put on paper from working out and crushing myself. And just so I could be a good leader. And, and I think, you know, I, I hate when people are around in the weight room. I hate when, like there's distractions on the phone. It just doesn't feel the same to me. And there's something sacred about that dark. Let's talk about this book. Um, you know, it's, it's Firelighters 365. Um, I, me, me and Coach were talking before the podcast. I mean, we could take a page. You know, it's, it's a daily devotional. Um, you know, every day it's a quick read. And, you know, we could take one page. And, and I'm already looking forward to tomorrow's wrong people versus the right things. And, you could take a page and we could sit here and talk for 30, 45 minutes on it. What inspired you to write the book? And, you know, what was your vision for the book? And tell everybody how they can go get this book. Uh, Cause I highly recommend it. I mean, it's, it's so good. I mean, every time I share it with someone, share it on social media, heck we were sharing it on, uh, I always tag you. If I do anything that, that you say on Instagram, I always tag your name. But my brother was telling me, he said, man, there's like three or four people that have shared it and uh, hadn't even said anything. I like screenshot it, you know, because it's so good because substance matters, man. When somebody, truth is polarizing, right? Tr truth either attracts or repels. And this book is truth and it attracts the right people or it's going to repel the ones that, you know, are a little shaky with what you're saying. But talk about the vision behind this book and, um, and, and why you decided to write it. Yeah, thank you. Um, the book is Firelighters 365. It's on Amazon, and um, I self-published it 
these are these are this was five years in the making like i spent five years writing it probably a little more um just got really organized in the last five years and every day i've been with a team um as a head strength coach since 2015 i've given the team a message of the day and all these messages like i always had a hobby of trying to come up with my own quotes and you know i have like different phrases for discipline or leadership or toughness or resilience or adversity or setbacks or whatever. And those turned into like a daily like page that you could read. So I, I did all these messages. I trimmed them up. I, you know, I, I made them pop. I, I tried to make them help people and I narrowed it down to 365 and I got an editor who really cleaned it up and made it a possibility to actually publish it. And, and I went for it and I stopped caring about, you know, all the thoughts in my mind that might've not made me do it. And I just, it's like you said, I, I don't, what, why would, why would I hold back on something like this? Like, well, this is something that can truly help people. And the only thing I ever want to do is help people. So yeah, like um, I've been lucky to have coached a lot of kids and this has been such a joy for me to get back in touch with so many kids that have bought the book and tagged me in their story. And now they get to just like almost be a part of it still and, and remember the great times we had. And um, I just, I believe in this stuff. This book's who I am. This book is like my entire heart. And I'm very thankful I, I was able to get it done and get it out there. And I really wanted it in my, my kids' hands and, and, and my parents' hands. Like, that was a big vision that I had that I, I needed to get done. Coach, that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, me and my brother, we're in episode, I think, 39. I think you're episode 39. Um, we wanted to do a weekly podcast. I've been in this uh, career that I'm in, insurance industry, for 20 years. And we made a decision to do a podcast because, you know, in today's world, you know, we've got the videos, we, you know, we got the audios. Um, I would have done anything, you know, my grandfather passed away, you know, a little over 20 years ago. I would do anything if I could hear his voice, if I could sit and have a video camera and hear some of his wisdom. We made a decision to do this for our kids and grandkids, hopefully down the road to be able to have, you know, so when you said that, man, I really, it really meant a lot because, you know, you've got the content that not only for your kids and grandkids, but, man, so many other people. You know, it's like we were talking about other, earlier. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, everybody is learning from everybody. When did you really get into self-development? Was it, was it something that was instilled at you at an early age? Um, did, did you start reading at an early age? I personally didn't. I skimmed through college, never read a book. You know, uh, you know, we had those uh, cliff notes, those little yellow things you'd go buy at Barnes & Noble. That's how I got through college. I got I had a guy that turned me on to to reading in 2012, and it changed my life. I read Think and Grow Rich. Um, has nothing to do with money, by the way. Absolutely changed my thought thought process. And I, we we thrive when we're in discipline on, on reading and um, it, on, on a daily basis. It allows your communication to be better. It allows the lens that you see things through to be better. It opens up your perspective. Um, what turns you on to self development? I just. Like, I've always been attracted to do it. Um, I, like, since I was in college, really, I, you know, leadership books, John Maxwell, um, uh, uh, the coach that used to, John Wooden, 
Um, there, there's like a lot of guys that just had so much wisdom to give. And I, I remember um, reading John Maxwell's books early on about leadership, about communication, about breaking through to people that, um, you know, just one-on-one settings or group settings or just that stuff really spoke to me. And then I, I always dreamed of writing a book one day and I just, I loved it. You know, I, I and I, you know, when I was in Michigan, um, you know, we hired a, a guy to help our team with mental toughness and everyone knows him now. His name's David Goggins. <laughs> but, um, so like I, I got to spend a year just talking to David Goggins, like with now you got to like, you know, give your life savings to even have them for an hour. <laughs> so that, that changed uh, a lot in my mind, honestly. And from there, I kind of just went on this war path of reaching my own limits and, and really just taking it to teams I'm with. And I got very creative and I'm, I'm really happy that I do things very differently because that's a memory. It's not, it's not the strength card that you give them that can cookie cut their way up to a stronger number. It's, it's what you give them that's not in the book. It, that's the stuff that they'll never forget. They'll never forget these kind of workouts on Fridays. They'll never forget the creativity. They'll never forget how much time I tried to put in just to inspire them. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost. They forget what it's really all about. That's good. That's good. One, one last thing. I know we're, we're cutting short on time. Um, today's post, you know, you, you said, you know, sometimes you won't like the taste of medicine. You take it, but it's the only thing that will get you better. Just like sometimes you won't like the sound of the truth when you get coached, but it's the only thing you need to improve. It's amazing what can get accomplished if your ego doesn't get bruised anytime someone tries to help. Stay coachable to stay valuable. Take the medicine, accept the truth, keep improving. Anything on that? Yeah. I. There's so many kids right now that – whatever, they didn't make the travel squad or they got told that like someone else is in front of them or whatever. And they completely shut down, blame everyone and stop trying. Like, I just, I can't, I can't respect that. Like, okay, so what's going to happen when some guy gets a promotion that you thought you deserved? Yes. You're going to quit, not make money anymore. Like, like what, like what's the point of working hard? The point of working hard so you can, is so you can deal with tough times. And if you would just listen and be coachable and have a good attitude through your adversity, I guarantee you come out better than you went back in. Like, that's where people don't understand. They think it's over as soon as they don't get their way. And that's life right now, I guess. They just give up. But, like, why? You're going to learn so much through the adversity that you're being put through. To, to make it out of that, now you're more of a valuable person. So just... Like, listen now, take the medicine, be coachable, accept the truth, don't let your ego get bruised, and go to work. You know, the, the worst part for kids right now is they don't work while they wait. If the opportunity of your lifetime comes your way and all you did that whole time was complain and blame and and just sulk, I guarantee that opportunity is going to pass you by and then never come again. What a way to close it out. <laughs> hey, I love it. I, I tell you this, Coach. I really appreciate you taking the time because I love one quote that you said, and I, I know we got to go. We're close on time because we're going to have to get you back. You know, we're going to get you here in Lagrange. We're going to get face to face. But you said you talk about leading the people because you said about a promotion. You're not preparing them for NFL. 
you're preparing them for the biggest game of their life, and that's the game of life. It's like they're wanting to be top 1%, but they're doing what the other 99% is doing right now, and you're trying to separate them and let them work like the 1% work. So I appreciate you sewing into kids because it's all about helping people. You help enough people, everything else falls in place for yourself. Yeah, like like it's not like um, like you're going to get out of college. You're going to get done, hopefully, with your degree. Okay, just say you make the NFL roster. Make a couple hundred grand your first year, and then you get cut, and then it's over. Okay, uh, maybe you try here and here and here, but you never really make – and then a couple years go by – and you're 26, <laughs> you're 26, you have, I don't know, 60 more years to be a man. Yeah. Like what, like, what do you, what do you think is the most beneficial quality to have at that point? Um, toughness, discipline, great habits, belief in yourself. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You're going to find a way. Like when I got fired twice in three years, it didn't matter. I had to find a way. Relentless pursuit to keep my family fed. Relentless pursuit of believing in my dream still. And that's the only way you ever stand a chance. Not to guarantee success, but only to stand a chance. And if you don't have that kind of fire in your heart towards anything you're going for, you have zero possibility of ever achieving anything you want. And that's the, the biggest truth I can give people is no one cares about you, man. Like, mom, your dad, your family, you know, like a couple friends maybe, but like no one's really going to try to help you. So you better believe in yourself and you better be ready for the tough times because they will not stop coming. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much uh, things that you are just handed. They're always coming, man. And if you're not ready, I just feel like not many people are thinking that way. That's right. And they, they need to start thinking that way. Yep. You're either, you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're just coming out of one. That's the circle of life. So go get the book, Firelighters 365. I got mine on Amazon. Um, Coach, thank you. Good luck this season. Um, I'm thankful we got a, a, a new relationship. And, again, thank you for the time that you took. I know you're busy, um, but it was meaningful to us um, for you to be on today, and hopefully it will help out a lot of people. We'll see you guys next week.